When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Ah, welcome back to Fright School. We are here in the Amelia Earhart Memorial Remote Learning Facility. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Joshua. That's all the words. I wanted to use all the words. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm doing well, you know, all things considered. Um, I had my birthday this week, so, you know, that was fun. All right, uh, well, we'll get really we'll, brought we'll dive up the into spirits. that. Yeah, let's uh let's enter let's not get too far in and then just leave our guest hanging out there. Like don't say anything while we have a 20-minute <laughs> conversation about Joe's birthday. <laughs> uh welcome back to to Fright School, Ashley. I'm back. Our final our our dear dear final girl. <laughs> As that's always. with all the R's and all girl. the U's. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so Joe's very anxious to make this all about him. So go ahead, tell us about your birthday. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Um, it was it was good. Um, I didn't take the day off, so I still worked. You know, work from <laughs> home um, and. Uh, I had a very nice homemade um, Korean barbecue dinner. So I found this recipe for uh, a marinade on bonappetit.com. And I happened to have all the ingredients, which I was like, okay, well, we're going to make this tonight. And, you know, had a little Korean barbecue dinner. Fancy. Um, I I know, really fancy, fancy, fancy. uh, my uh, special little Jimmy Mankins, my special little <laughs> man friend came and he, um, you know, we had our, yeah, we, we, I gave him some barbecue to go and we did presents, physically distant. <laughs> we did our presents um, and it was fine. Um, someone dropped Get me a cake. Good? Uh, um, I got a nice little um, um, diffuser, a, um, a essential oils diffuser. So now I'm truly living that California life. Um, And it's actually been really great. (laughs) I I use the lavender at night and it is um, so helping me sleep a lot better. So I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. So thanks, babe. Very peaceful. (laughs) Yes. You said somebody made you a cake. Gosh, you have way better friends than me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and by make me a cake i mean like i think they really i think this friend really just wanted to leave their house so they went to the grocery store and got me a, a cake from vons um oh, which is okay. fine because it was delicious it was like this lemon cooler cake and it was mm-hmm. um it had like you know a balloon in it and 
yeah, it was fun. Also very decadent. Yes, very decadent. And I have like gelato in the freezer from um, uh, a from a local uh, place. <laughs> so I'll be eating that. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. It is. I've been waiting that for it to get a little amazing. warm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good. Oh, today's a perfect day for that. It is so hot. I uh, had to get my fan out. That we that we found it. Uh, Me too. I got, I got last year. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Midsummer Scream and all their merch booths. Right. Exactly. I wonder if they'll have it this um, year. Probably what not. Else? Yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard it because it's usually I think it's the last week of July, first week of August, or something. So there isn't there hasn't been an announcement yet. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. But they've canceled Dude. Pride and Comic-Con in San Diego at this point. So yeah, they're yeah. probably following suit shortly after. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the whole world is like inspiring against us getting to see our friends from the East Coast. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who's going to come out and visit us. Because I mean, I'm sure all of us have friends. All of us know people who would come. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's conspiring to prevent us from seeing people on this coast. <laughs> In our own town. <laughs> In our own town. Very, um, very you know, we're, we're still, we're doing our remote, le- remote learning center today. Um, but, you know, it was, I think all things considered, and to end the birthday conversation on a high note, I think all things considered, it was a very good day because it could have been, you know, it could have been a lot worse in many, in many ways. And, um, you know, in six months from now, when I celebrate my half birthday, we'll do, we'll redo it. We'll do it again. There you go. <laughs> I dig that. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> How was everyone else's time this week? Ashley. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, more of the same for me. I know I haven't obviously been on the show to tell you about my riveting lifestyle uh, working from home and being in quarantine, but it's pretty boring. Um, highlights are my dog got a custom built doggy ramp so she can get on my bed and get off my bed as she wants to. <laughs> and that arrived yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's about the most exciting thing though. Um, on the weekends, we usually watch my friend's band live stream. Um, they're an Irish band here in San Diego called the Fuchs and they've been doing like benefit shows for us. So that's been like a routine that I keep up. Yeah. Um, and then virtual hangouts just like we are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I do mean, it's, have, it's so um, interesting because like, sorry, <laughs> to interrupt no, you. go for it. Go for it. Um, I have a group on Slack that I chat with frequently and we started a thread called cinephile where we're planning like virtual movie hangouts, like Netflix party or streaming Hulu, Amazon prime, whatever. So we all have a list of films that we've watched since the lockdown started so that has been fun to watch everybody's list grow and we have some that are the same when we watch together and some that are totally random from whatever like i have 10 things about i hate about you on there (laughs) (laughs) what would you say is the most surprising thing that you've watched um hmm i watched 
M-O-M, like mom, um, but it's an acronym for Mothers of Monsters. Very oh. um, disturbing found footage film about a mother and her teenage son. Um, and without giving too much away, the son is displaying uh, angsty behavior and the mother becomes paranoid that he will be violent or, um, you know, do something that had, might have hereditary connections in her family. So she starts like stalking all of his um, social accounts and puts cameras in his room and shit just kind of hits the fan from there. Hmm. Interesting. It's good. It really oh. disturbed me though. <laughs> nice. Well, that's what we're and looking for. You said it was for. a found footage. Found footage. Yeah. Cause it's like a collection of the video cameras that she installed in the house and stuff. Oh, okay. To monitor. Well, his I, we'll have to put that in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, definitely. I think it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so I've had pretty much the same week I've had the last month and a half, you know, just go to work, come home, do schoolwork, do fright school, watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, uh, last night I watched um, a new movie, Bit, uh, which is like this cool, queer, horror, vampire flick. Um, it was a lot of fun. Anybody heard of it or seen no. it? Or... Um, I, I saw something about it and I watched the trailer and it looks really good. It's like girls right yes yeah yeah it's like and that's that's kind of the whole like conceit of it is is that the vampires they don't want men because men can't handle power so (laughs) so yeah they ban men aren't allowed to be vampires uh because they already have power and look how terrible the world is uh so right uh, it was a lot of fun. It, um, like anything, you know, independently made, I wish it would have had more money. You know, I wish it would have had more, you know, the stuff that everything else seems to get if you're a straight white guy trying to make, you know, a cool, fun movie. <laughs> Not that you have, you need tons of money to make a great film or anything like that, but it's just like, you know, it was a really cool story that could have used a little bit more, I think, resources to, to, to be told. But overall, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Cool. What um, platform? Uh, I watched it on Amazon. It's uh, you can buy it or rent it right now. I think it was supposed to, you know, go to the theaters maybe, but you know, everybody's skipping that step now. So right, it was so it's new on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it's new, new. I I mean, I think it's been out. I think it it went. It was like on the festival circuit because it made it's um, made all these lists um, Mm -hmm. for uh, for queer horror stuff. what was it? I was going to look. Queer Joey, horror stuff. No, I, I think I've seen it. Um, I think I've seen it in a list before. Um, uh, earlier earlier this year, I remember seeing it on lists and waiting, just kind of waiting for it to happen um, for us to see it widely. But, you know, with everything getting postponed and canceled, mm-hmm. uh, those that were on the festival circuit are now making their way to the streaming, which is great yeah. because it's you're we're getting like in real time um we're getting like this content like in real time yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple months when like things that should have been filming now aren't right <laughs> and how we're repeating right. stuff but kind of yeah, like a writer's strike we experienced exactly exactly mm-hmm. and so it's interesting because it's like it's not you know we're 
we're we're seeing a glut of like um uh socially physically distant like content right now but mm-hmm. um it'll be see interesting to see what happens yeah no totally um so it's just yeah it was um to, to go back to bit um it was a lot of fun it's definitely i think something we should uh look at for for the show kind of watching it and doing a dive um i just went ahead and bought it because it wasn't too expensive and i thought ah eh, you know um i like having vampire movies mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like on par with like satanic panic you know um fun funny you know uh, biting humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched uh, a horror short over oh, yeah. um, this last week. Um, I watched um, our friend of the pod and I former guest, it, yeah. uh, Michael Verratti. Yes. Um, him and his production company, June Gloom Productions, uh, basically did a socially distant... Um, a short film called Unusual Attachment, I believe is what it's called. And um, it's about, you know, it's it's queer. It's very queer. It's about, like, gay dating in the online world. And um, there's a really important conversation about, uh, you know, a s- artificial versus natural lubricant uh, for <laughs> sexual intercourse. Ah, um, important. It's very quick, but it's very important. And I, I was just really, um, the quality of it was so great. And the, um, it, it reminded me a lot of, um, the John Cho, Deborah Messing movie. What was that one called? Mm-hmm. The one where it all takes place on a computer, the dad's computer, and he is trying to find his daughter. Oh, in like the cell phones oh. and stuff. In the cell phones and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't so, think of the name of it. So. Yeah, so it's it's very similar to that um, in terms of, like, how they were able to, like, you can see, like, friends FaceTiming each other. And then, you know, it's just so really, really interesting and cool how they made it. And, again, like, this is a, oh, this searching, is a really... Searching. Searching, yes. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting time for content creators and people who are in film to really kind of stretch their muscles. And I have to say, shout out to everyone in like post-production, like film editors, people who score things, sound mixers, because Mm -hmm. like everything that's going on on television right now with all of this, like they're the true heroes that are trying to make it as seamless as possible. uh, Given the fact that like, you know, a lot of these people are, are working from home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so I recommend, you know, we'll we'll post a link to it and check it out, but I had to I had to watch it cuz I was like, okay, it's 15 minutes and I was really curious like it would look really cool how they how they went ahead and made it. So, um put that out there for everybody. Cool. It's on it's on Vimeo. So if yeah. you search June Gloom Productions, um you can find it on Vimeo. Yeah. Um, well, I put it I'll link it. Yeah. Yeah, I put it up on my uh on my big screen. Um you know, to give it that bigger effect. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely check that out. Um, I saw a trailer for a movie that I had not heard of before. It's called Blue My Mind, like the color blue, B-L-U-E, Blue My Mind. It's from 2017. It's a German body horror film about like a woman who I guess is becoming a mermaid <laughs> and doesn't know, but it's like a, it's like a, a horror version. You know, mm. as her body's changing and like her parents, might, you know, it's like they maybe adopted her, but she never knew that. And so it's like all this thing where, 
you know, they're kind of making this um, horror. Uh, I don't know. It's like, what is that movie? Aquamarine? No, wait, that's different. Um, Aquamarine is here. a horror. Is a is a Aquamarine is a mermaid milk film. But you're <laughs> thinking, you said thirteenth year, right? Thirteenth year. Yeah, it's yeah. like a horror version of that. It seems where it's Ooh, like discovering nice. this. You know, oh my gosh, I'm, age, I'm a but... fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gosh did you just make a disney movie reference joshua well because i remember i i love mermaids i love anything like mermaid related sea love monster, the scary sea mermaid creature. too yeah of course i'm definitely here for a scary mermaid but um i had uh so i had seen that movie because it was about a mermaid it was like splash i love splash. <laughs> <laughs> i love to swim um that's a, that's do boring. you <laughs> never would have pegged uh, you yeah, as a I, I swimmer <laughs> as a what as a swimmer a person who as swims a swimmer <laughs> oh yeah no i do i i love to swim at night i think there's nothing like swimming uh, going to the beach at night and swimming oh yeah it's gorgeous or a pool at night with the stars i love that oh yeah not during the day uh, or a nice <laughs> indoor pool um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm trying to think what else. I've been rewatching Six Feet Under today. I laid around watching that. Um, <laughs> I love that show. I'm reading. I thought about it. I, you know, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. I have good. been rewatching. Oh, yeah. I've been rewatching Monk. <laughs> So I've I've been rewatching Monk from USA with uh, Tony Shalhoub as uh, the uh, the defective detective who has like OC severe OCD but can notice things that other people don't notice, and that's been interesting because um, Ted Levine, who is famously Buffalo Bill, is like the police captain on Monk. So it's just so strange to like, you know, that was my first like introduction to Ted Levine and then you know then I became a horror person and then now to go back to it it's just so strange to see him so normal <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know there we go I mean but that's <laughs> that's basically all we're watching yeah you know I mean it's been one of those weeks uh I'm still watching Mrs. America I started reading um Gloria Steinem's book on the road or my life on the road uh so, you know, feminist, uh, feminist stuff too, uh, <laughs> along with the, uh, the horror. Although I guess there's some crossover there, uh, in some ways. <laughs> in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I'm really enjoying that show. It's like, I wish that like, I, um, it's like, it'd be perfect, like, if I had kids, it's like I'd make them watch it and then, like, research other stuff around it, you know, because they, you know, or read books by these women and stuff like that. You know, it's kind of like a really good, I think, intro to that time period and talk about Vietnam and talk about, you know, the civil rights um, fight and, you know, and obviously the ERA. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's like, oh, man, if I had kids and we were all trapped together, this is what they'd be doing. You're going to read The Feminine Mystique, and you're going to write me a book report. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to read some Bell Hooks, and you're going to read some Audre Lorde. <laughs> and Gloria, and everybody, all the people. You're going to read all the yeah. people and write book reports. That's what you're going to be doing and watching this show. 
someone needs to uh, someone needs to hire you to teach their like gender studies course uh, <laughs> via remote distancing. I have a couple really nice gender texts, so hey, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been, yeah, the same. I feel like this part of our show has been the same for the last <laughs> uh, There's no news. Everything's canceled. Candyman's moved. Um, oh, you know, everything yeah. is going to come at some time. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, there's, there's They better not cancel uh, Halloween. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> What's that? They better not cancel Halloween. That's all I'm saying. There will be riots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can't cancel. It's a, it's a Saturday this year. We really can't cancel that Halloween. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody needs to stay indoors and all of that. Oh, that reminds me. I played some trivia. I couldn't go do your trivia because I forgot we were doing all this drag race stuff. So we were watching uh, the HBO drag show, the the regular RuPaul drag show. Just too much was happening. So I couldn't do Joe's socially distant trivia. Although I do recommend, dear listener, that you play. It's a, It seems like a lot of fun. I have watched. But so yesterday I played uh, trivia with Dark Hills events with like Marissa from Jersey Ghouls. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was all horror. So, of course, I won. Uh <laughs> course but there was some really tough competition like there was i mean it was a lot of fun and they did some really cool stuff where they played um they the third round was you know like the hardest and it was all music cues so it was like just little snippets of music and you had to pick the movie it was from and some of them were really difficult like they really yeah but there was a few where i'm like oh i know you know i was like that's the shining that's you know the thing like some of them were really like obvious they they used the Candyman um theme helen's theme uh, yeah by philip glass but some were a little bit weirder something from phantasm and oh i love phantasm yeah 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 no phantasm is great but just to to try to remember the music from it i was like oh my god right (laughs) it's like that creepy piano tune yeah yeah uh, but so that was fun. That was something I did that was random. I was actually taking a bath and like scrolling through my phone and saw they were playing. <laughs> so I was like, huh, this is what I'll do now. So I played half of the trivia just laying in, in my bath. <laughs> <sighs> Which when um when uh, Jackie and Marissa listen to this, they'll be like, good, good for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I told Marissa because she was like, oh, I'm glad you played. I was like, yeah, me too. I was in the bathtub for, for half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a face mask on. I was doing like a beauty day. You know, I had done all the things and was just relaxing. Uh, I can so totally I picture like, yeah, it too. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really good time. Um, all right. Well, anything else to break down or chat about? Um, I miss everybody. I miss being in the same room. Uh, I love my coworkers, but you know, I want to see other people. Right. <laughs> I took a shower last night. Oh, oh congratulations. Yes. The first time Thank in a you. while. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it'd been, it'd been a day or two, but oh. I was just like, okay, we're going to take a shower. It's so, cause I'm like not going anywhere. And I'm like, I just have to remind myself. I have this little alarm on my phone. That's like, Hey, take a shower today. Mm-hmm. And because I, I do sleep better when I'm like, you know, refreshed and not sweaty. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably way too much than the listener wanted to know, but hey, you know, people, people <laughs> we're so proud of your hygiene habits. So, 
Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to uh, do that after uh, after we finish this. Actually, I have to bathe the cats. So I'm just going to toss them in the shower with me. That'll be fun. And then we're going to have Buff Bourguignon I made. It's going to be a lovely evening. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> so, all right. Well, on that note, on that tasty, delicious, lovely note, uh, picturing me eating Buff Bourguignon, watching Joe shower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you in the bath with a face mask. <laughs> We will, uh, we'll be right back to talk about quarantine. That's why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it? Huh? Same set as Casper. Uh, what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Van has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> just along just scream that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo-cachoo and shit. It's weird. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNPodcast.com. All right, welcome back. We are here to discuss the 2008 uh, film Quarantine uh, because Joe did not want to read a film, so (laughs) we're not... We're not talking about too much. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it, but the, the film is a remake of, um, I don't want to say the superior. I mean, I think that they both have their own merits back and mm-hmm. forth. Um, you know, but Wreck is just its own. I mean, I really recommend seeing it if you've never seen it, dear listener. If you're finding out for the first time that it was based on something or it was a remake. And it's basically a shot-for-shot remake until the end. The cause of the thing is totally different in each film. So, um, yeah. So, so I just, I, I really do like quarantine for its own things and I like wreck for its own things. So I just, I don't want to really, you know, um, although I guess the original is always, if I'm going to say anything, yes, I'd prefer to watch an original film than a remake, but that's here nor there. So, anyways, 2008, we've got, uh, this is directed, co-written by John Eric Dowdle, uh, produced by Sergio Aguero. We've got Jennifer Carpenter, Dexter Fame, uh, Jay Hernandez, um, Steve Harris. All kinds of people are in this. Uh, you know, it's about a group of people that are uh, quarantined. Something we've all been rather familiar with lately. Joe, what did you think? <laughs> I loved it um this this movie was i don't know it i think it was like that like catharsis that i needed having been like like lived living on edge for the last like month and a half i think it was that catharsis that i needed and and at the end of the day it is like further uh, it's like further confirmation that yes if we are in quarantine we need to remain there mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the cir- the circumstances were much different for this you know for the people in this film but yeah it's it was really fun and it was like jump scary in the places that it was jump scary I made sure to watch it during the day so I didn't get too freaked out <laughs> um this would have been a re- this would have been a really fun one to be like with both of you in the mm-hmm. same room 
So, but I, I mean, yeah, I really liked it. And I, I, yeah, I have more, I have more to say, but I just want to like put out that I really liked it. This movie is probably moving into my top five Fright School films. Oh, wow. wow. All right. That's <laughs> nice. I yeah. wasn't expecting and that. I, and I don't, I don't usually like found footage films either. So mm. I thought that this one was like, was really well done. Yeah, and at least it has a reason for like the that's the thing sometimes they kind of force or shoehorn in like the found footage thing. This obviously starts because it's a news reporter and there's a reason for them to have a camera, there's a reason for them to be like doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just kind of, you know, it makes sense. Um Ashley, your thoughts? Um I will start by saying found footage is probably one of my favorite genres of horror because I really can put myself in the place of the people who are recording. Um, so I have a lot of exposure to the more popular found footage or genre films. Um, I loved it. I had seen Quarantine, which is the American remake, um, a while ago. I realized as I was watching Wreck um, that I was familiar with the story. Um, so had exposure now to both of them. I will say I think I like the original more. Um because of the cause it's a little bit more gray um why the zombie apocalypse thing is happening um in this one but i liked that because it was a little bit more supernatural with like the possessions and going back to like the vatican and stuff like that um i had some theories that i read into about it um, which we can get into as we kind of go over the film if you want But the American one was just like, yeah, oh, definitely. it was a virus that mutated from animals. Now it's inhuman. So we're trying to contain it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely, yeah, that's kind of the things. The, the films differ in kind of what they're trying to say. I think quarantine, it, because it's an American film, we have a much more, uh, we have a long history of government distrust films <laughs> and things like that. You know, there's this like, um, you know, invasion anxieties and all in these cultural anxieties around, you know, like, well, like now with COVID, I mean, this is another one, much like when we discussed the mist that um, this is so like, you know, there's all these people, you know, that are out there kind of saying, oh, this is created in a lab and we're being like, you know, we're being tested on or this is a guinea pig thing or this is on purpose or blah, blah, blah. You know, so there's all these all of this like conspiracy anxiety. And this film obviously really um, echoes uh, that really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. But with Wreck, it's more religious related, you know, so the the source of the virus is this young girl who's like possessed and they like give her to this like scientist priest who um is trying to basically locate the um like the like the, like the, the antibodies or yeah. yeah it's like it, it it's this um oh what do you want there's a particular word i'm looking for um it's like d- d- uh, she's got she's demonically possessed and mm-hmm. they are trying to isolate an enzyme they're trying to isolate this enzyme for demonic possession <laughs> and you know, it gets out of control and becomes a disease and, you know, spreads. And so, you know, it's it's much more centered in this, like, religious conspiracy rather than, like, a government conspiracy. Which I think speaks to Spanish, like, Spain, you know, their own cultural anxieties, you know. Of yeah, but I think it can also be um, a little bit government-driven, too, or, like, conspiracy theories there. Because some, some of the things that I was reading about... Um, 
the Spanish version was that he was tasked to like experiment on this girl so that they could weaponize the possession enzymes um, and infect people yeah. that way. So it could be a mix of that, which I really, really liked. It's just like, like more layered, I think. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. I like that. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> it sounds like both films are dealing with, um, are, are dealing with institutions that each, each culture like has a lot of trust around. So like, mm-hmm. you know, Spanish culture there, you know, it's a predominantly Catholic country. So, um, you know, they, they have that, you know, that culture of Christianity in the church. And then with, you know, America, you know, one of the things that, you know, is culturally interesting about America is how much we like, you know, our patriotism and, you know, the government and all of that. So it's interesting how both are dealing with, um, both are dealing with ways in which trusted institutions are um, basically, you know, not so trustworthy. Right. And, and in encouraging us, us, the viewer, but also us, like people in that particular world, to be um, a little more skeptical and not as blind in our trust of those institutions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What's so interesting how that kind of always like works, how we sort of have this cognitive dissonance around these sorts of things, you know, where you you hear so many people like, you know, just trust authority, just trust authority. And then the the first people to be like, oh, my gosh, they're trying to do something terrible to us. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, you which is it? You know, I just I find that very fascinating, the psychology of that. You know, that's such a um, an interesting it was the same of like, you know, I, I mean, faith, belief, those sorts of things. People, you know, they go, oh, my life is so terrible, but I like believe in God and I've done well to serve God. It's like, well, then why isn't God being good to you? Right. You know, all those things that kind of get mixed up. I mean, a billion different, you know, examples, I'm sure of that exist, uh, you know, when it comes to, to religion or or to trust, you know, in any sort of relationship. Um, yeah. It's like we're always taught that, you know, uh, the people that are supposed to protect us are our first responders and our government and stuff like that. And I liked that even in this, the first responders, you, you know, they're in the same situation too. They don't really know what the hell is going on. Even the, um, the health uh, care guy or whatever the, that comes in, he's like, I just know that I have to come in here and, and ask some questions and take some samples. I don't know anything else other than that. And then he ends up getting screwed too. So it's like, it's just this feeling of, the immediate people who are there to protect us are at the root probably good, but there's always this higher up like ulterior motives for power and gain and all that um, at work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. And obviously we're seeing that, you know, with what's going on now where we are, we're like sacrificing these quote unquote essential workers. Right. Um, you know, I keep saying essential, um, um, Oh shoot, expendable. because uh, mm. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like, you know, when you know, especially for us that work at, like in the hospital or work, you know, around it, it's like, um, no, you need to come in. Like we're fully aware you could do your job at at home, but you should come in. We want you to be in I'm like, okay, that's great. So you want us exposed. Uh right. wonderful. <laughs> Um, you know, so I don't feel bad about not doing as much work as I should be doing because uh, <laughs> I might die. <laughs> uh, no, I, but it's just like, you know, obvi- you know, like that you bring up a good point that, yes, they're all in this together trying to fight this thing. And then they're even like kind of sacrificed to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Uh, all right. Uh, so good to see 
Jennifer uh, Carpenter. I like when she does horror movies. Did you see uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah, she's fantastic in that. Joe, um, you've seen that, right? 500 times. It's like your favorite movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Laura Linney's seen... in it. Well I, well, I mean, I do love Laura Linney. Um, <laughs> like, the thing with Jennifer Carpenter being in this is that this film was basically like a veritable who's that of like the 2000s, mm-hmm. right? So it had... It had, um, you know, it had Mrs. Dexter. It had <laughs> the diary of a mad black woman's husband, right. who was the cameraman. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It had um, Jay Hernandez from, you know, Crazy Beautiful. And then, like, it get even and deeper. Hostel. Got- hostel. hostel. Yes, hostel. <laughs> um, you had Dennis O'Hare. You mm-hmm. had um, Columbus Short, who was in uh, Stomp the Yard and Scandal as the other policeman. Um, you had Mrs. Maisel's mom playing uh, Brianna's, like the little girl's mom. But oh. the little girl's also Joey King, who was in the act with Patricia Arquette. Like, right. this is the this film had like everyone in it <laughs> from that time, yeah. Exactly. And it had like, you know, the guy who always plays like a Euro- an Eastern European man with long hair, um, who was the landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was so interesting to see just all of these. I was like, wow, and they're in it and they're in it and they're in it. Um, yeah, it was I was like, like, OK, Jennifer Carpenter, I totally get. But like everyone else, I was distracted by. And just it was so fun it was so fun for me and that's what i think one of the one of the reasons why i enjoy this because like oh so all of these people did horror all these people were in a horror film mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean everybody like i was saying the other day you know i forgot that um like leonardo dicaprio like his first movie was a critters film you know um which i've never shown you any of the critters movies but we should do that because i mean they're fun and silly um <laughs> but yeah i mean it all tracks back everybody ends up somewhere in horror plus it's just i like that um you know sometimes it's like you don't think about it like okay so even today like watching rewatching like the um six feet under episodes um zachary kinto like pops up in one is like a student right. in an art class and it's like i didn't pay any attention to him when i first saw the show because you know you i just he was just some background character. And then you think, Oh, now he's done all this other stuff. So yeah. I like that kind of sensation when you go back and watch something, you're like, Oh my God, she's in this. Cause now you know who she is or who he is, or they are, you know, when at the time they were just, you know, person to be murdered by zombie one. <laughs> Zachary Quinto is in, um, and he's in an episode of charmed in one of the later seasons oh. playing like a, a demon that's trying to kill a cat. Like, <laughs> and he had like total like emo hair, like it was great. Yeah, the same in uh, Six Feet Under. It's all like off to this like. <laughs> it's, oh my it's, god! It's a terrible cut, uh, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's just a sign of the times. Absolutely. Yeah, it, this this film was like I loved it because it was I I was really in the world with quarantine. Like I was really in it. I thought that it was. 
just when I just when you felt like all of the stuff in the beginning of like them in the firehouse was getting too much, like it felt like it's that's when things started to happen. I'm like, okay, like this is it was beautiful. I think I thought it was like pretty good pacing. Yeah. Um, they, <laughs> I love the like the reason why they kept the camera on the entire time is because people have the right to know, <laughs> right. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so like journalistic integrity from a like evening program, like TV show is the reason why we're expected to believe like this camera is going to be on the entire time. Um, Also, knowing that it was found footage and knowing that the cameraman was black, it was like, okay, well, he won't be the first to die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so he won't be the first to die, which will be fine. It's funny in the Spanish one, the the director is actually the cameraman. So he's doing all that camera work and is the uh, cameraman character. Little tidbit. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's not shown at all in the in the uh, right in the uh, Spanish film. He's like he's the like the co lead, but you never see him, uh, which is cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kind for the film, not great for him. Um, but no, I was gonna say that's kind of that's sort of interesting um, when you kind of take that sort of uh, reading like racial uh, conversation and mm-hmm. like you know the need to document um, you know something and this is you know 2008 being made in 2007. Um, obviously, the problems that that we've seen arise with like police brutality have always been there. It's just that we've been, we've had we've been able to bear more witness because we all are carrying you know freaking movie studios in our pockets and. Right. Um, you know, so there's this, um, you know, this prescience to this, you know, of that um, kind of what you're talking about a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, just that it, it adds it adds another layer when he's when when the cameraman is a black man trying to, and, you know, trying to like he's the one who's helping this white woman bear witness. But also yeah. like the the like when he kills that when he kills that infected woman and basically like, you know, curb stomps her to death. Like, you know, let's, let's talk about the racial implications of like a black man, you know, killing a white woman and showing it. But then Mm -hmm. like, and then subsequently all of the violent deaths that happen after that, as people, as more and more of the more and more of the residents become infected. So like, you know, was it, I mean, was it jarring for anyone else to see like how, like they just like push the 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 um the like African couple when they just push them like away and like and like just like completely you know but, like uh, I think it was the woman who was like they just pushed her and like she went in the middle like down the stairs into the to the subsequent floors like it, all of those deaths were really were just really wild and it was like it was like being in a haunted house that was the other thing too like this mm-hmm. was like being in a haunted house it was like being in a haunt that was just unrelenting and um you know it, it it was and and then like top it all off you have like jennifer carpenter who is there like screaming for the last half of the film just in his complete hysterics and that like really gets the heart racing too um yeah i it, i i had a really i had more fun than i thought i was going to have i uh, was kind of bracing myself to be a little more traumatized than I was. And I thought that this was like, a, I thought that was just a really good film. So it makes me want to see Wreck. Like it makes me want to see the original because I've heard um, from people how like it's it's different, but it's also like 
it's it's worth seeing just on its own as well yeah absolutely um it definitely it definitely is it's um you know it's just it's you know it's just different in some ways you know just with lighting or you know the way that they're using it's just a different visual uh, language in some ways, you know, and then of course, like we talked about earlier, the, the end, uh, you know, being very different. Um, it's so interesting. Cause I was reading this consequence of sound could talk just to, we'll talk a little bit about found footage, uh, films since, um, Ashley, you said this is one of your favorite, um, yeah. types of, of horror. So consequence of sound, uh, put out an article when this, uh, came out or actually this is 2017. So it's kind of looking at like 10 years on, um, set, uh, that how the Spanish horror film wreck set the bar for found footage filmmaking. And at the time, yeah. um, you know, you had, Blair Witch Project, obviously, out in, you know, the late 90s. Yeah, and then, or yes, 99. And then um, um, Cloverfield. And then, mm-hmm. and then there was just sort of the, and then there was Wreck. And then there was like this explosion of all these different found footage films. Yeah, because I think um, the same year that it came out was Paranormal Activity, the first one in 2007. So they were yeah, both yeah, working in tandem. Yeah, and they all yeah. kind of just blew up the genre again after such a long break after uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it's um, yeah. They said that uh, aside from Blair Witch, there was Cloverfield, Diary of the Dead. Obviously, you go all the way back to Cannibal Holocaust from the seventies, which is an early yeah um, um, the take first on that. But all the, the movies that came out the same year were Diary of the Dead from George Romero and, and Cloverfield. And so as of yet, at the, at this time, found footage wasn't done to death, you know, which now right. it's, it is kind of like a bad word. <laughs> you know, I feel like you have to, it's like, it becomes like a, oh, it's, it's a found footage film, but like, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, because that doesn't just make it. correlate it with like a smaller budget, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like cheaper effects and all that. But I love it. Yeah. No, (laughs) me too. Because it really depends. It depends on how, like, I think it says something for artistry. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, the less you have, the more creative you have to get, you know, because paranormal activity, I think, was really good as well, you know, and it's kind of using you know, uh, security footage, you know, to tell this story or, you know, um, cell phone footage. So I just think it really depends. If you try to shoehorn it in, like, I didn't think the Blair Witch sequel they did a couple years ago, Blair Witch, didn't need to be found footage E. Like, it didn't need to be, you know, all of what it was. They could have just told, a you know, a more straightforward story. I get they were trying to be clever with having drones and, you know, webcams and all kinds of different things. But it's like, I don't know, did, did it need to be? We didn't need be? that. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, and everybody, it's like going to space. Everybody eventually makes a sequel that's like found footage version or, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it, it's just something that's easily done to death. <laughs> but what are some other, your other favorites, Ashley? Anything that's like not um, like obviously in those top obvious ones that you've seen that are like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Um, that's a good question off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, I did write down a couple like timeline wise that kind of could be inspired by rec and quarantine or, um, yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, with like the possession themes, like the last exorcism in 2010, um, definitely oh, does nice. grave yeah. encounters, getting it like this unknown sort of alien life form. 
Um, that was 2011. And then the Chernobyl Diaries in 2012. Those are all pretty, I would recommend all of those. Um, and then of course, um, I think I mentioned on the first time I was on the show that Paranormal Activity is one of my all-time favorites, uh, just in horror in general. Like I revisit it every Halloween season, rainy day, whenever I just really want to get lost in the story again. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy Paranormal Activity. I actually am in, um, I don't know, I cannot remember what it was, but they did like this some kind of support thing. I don't remember if it's if you pre-ordered the movie or what it was, but your name could be listed in the credits. Yeah. And so yeah. my name is listed in the credits on like the DVD or something as a supporter or some something. It's with 10 billion other people, but that's my <laughs> odd, odd trivia. If I, if we were going to do a trivia thing about me, there's there's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I just remember seeing that in theaters and really being affected by it for a long time afterwards. Like, I hadn't seen anything like that since Blair Witch, which also really affected me for a long time afterwards. Um, yeah. I think it's just because I'm, I consider myself very empathetic, so I can put myself in the in the eyes of the person holding the camera and really feel what, what it is they're looking at and seeing and experiencing. Um, and it takes me on that, on that yeah. ride in a way that I think other cinematic horror movies don't always do um, because I know, okay, this is just a movie I can turn off. Like the fear as soon as I want to hit pause or the movie's over, it's over. But um, with the found footage ones, it gives that sense of realism that I really enjoy. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I like that. That's a, you know, that's a great point about empathy and um, you know, these sorts of movies, they do set up, it's not like, you know, I mean, you can have that sort of empathy in any in any horror film you watch or any film you watch, whatever yeah. it is. You know, obviously we go in to connect with characters and, and to have this experience. But there's something very particular, obviously, about doing a found footage film because you're immediately at the outset. The conceit is this really happened. You know, mm -hmm. this, this, this is portraying events that, you know, you're supposed to buy into are real. And, um, more, more so, more suspension of disbelief than you would just going into any other kind of film. And so they do, they affect us very differently. We have a, um, we have a strong need for witness, you know, and I think that the found footage film really does, um, provide that opportunity to have a more profound, um, um, empathetic experience if you're willing to go on the ride and just kind of take it for what it is, you know, and especially if it's really done well, which wreck and quarantine are done well, you know, yeah. I mean, you feel frantic for them. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. Get out of that house. Like those jump scares aren't, you don't, they're not the focus of the camera at the time. Like when the body drops down the stairwell, you're like, Oh shit. Wait, wait. Oh, that was a fireman. What the hell is going yeah. on? Um, I like that. It's like, they're not, you know, editing it in a way that cinematic movies would to draw focus or like the music is like, okay, the jump scare's coming. You don't really get that all the time with found footage. And I think that's why they um, are so shocking and jarring too. Yeah. 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 You only have that single eye, that single perspective. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think that does allow you a lot of opportunity to play with like audience expectation and totally. Um, and all that. Joe, you know, I did want to go back and say that, yes, I'm very, it's the film overall, it's very disturbing while how all the neighbors treat each other because they're all living in this building. I mean, it's a whole microcosm for the world. You know, you have people yeah. that don't speak the language or they don't, not everybody in the building speaks the same language. Not everybody in the building knows each other that well. There's, you know, that sort of, oh, well, they're kind of the weirdos in this apartment or those people, you know, it's all this, um, 
you know, there's all this like built in anxieties amongst the people. Uh, so yeah, it is very disturbing when they kind of shove each other out of the way or dismissive of like real fears of people who are like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. You know, and nobody can communicate with them, I think is, is a whole other terrifying sort of level. Oh yeah. When, when, um, they're trying to figure out like when they're going over where who lives in every apartment and it's like yeah. you're just doing like that roll call and mm -hmm. then they get to the african couple and it's like okay well who's with them like well their father's with them but he's paralyzed upstairs and they speak no english and then the woman's like well probably they brought it in right <laughs> i was just like oh i was like ooh, wow we went there right away with that and then um, to see like, you know, the, like immediately when she's like, my daughter has a fever and I'm like, Oh, she has a fever. Um, she's it. Um, and to see her, like them turning on her and yeah. like just her frantic, like run baby run, just get away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, it was so it, it, like all of those dynamics were interesting. And then even how, like, I love the portrayal of the two first responder guys of Jay Hernandez and Columbus Short's characters, the fireman and the police officer, mm -hmm. because like they really imbued them with a lot of humanity and didn't make them out to be like these, like, like these, um, like Messiah type figures or didn't give them like the any of that. Like uh, savior. Yeah. Exactly. No savior, mm -hmm. no, um, no savior complex. It's just like, we need to survive it. We need to get through this. And it's so interesting because like, that's not the portrayal that you would get in like other films. Like you would get like, they are the clear leaders and everything. And even between the two of them, they're trying to struggle who has more authority ish and yeah. to like watch them be and watch them also become unhinged mm -hmm. and unravel and say, I think what he, I think it's Columbus short, the cop who says like, you know, I'm here too. Like I'm also quarantined. Like this is, yeah. this is not something that's just affecting you. This is affecting everyone. And yeah. that was just so one right for the moment. <laughs> and two, um, just like, a beautiful way to show that like yeah and they're like two younger guys who they kind of hint they kind of like make um you know set up that jay hernandez is like the more kind of like green um more inexperienced uh person inexperienced on the on the on the fire uh on the fire team so it's like interesting how like that all plays into it and how they have they're being called to rise above probably what they're like emotionally capable of being oh yeah because the two guys that get killed are their partners who are older. And right. so you got these. Yeah. So it was just, that was also really cool to see. Cause that was a complete subversion of what I was expecting. And it was uh, really fun to watch. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great stuff, Joe. You know, again, this whole, um, we're, we're, we're messing with authority figures on a lot of levels within this film, mm -hmm. you know? And our perceptions of them and are they helping us? Are they not helping us? Are they equipped? Are they not equipped? You know, it's, um, yeah, it's some, some good stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, you know, something, Joe, that I, I'm surprised you haven't brought up yet is the lack of a score. You know, that the entire film is just the, like, the sound effects within the, within the, within the film. Uh I actually was thinking about that. I, I did notice that halfway through. Um, and I was figuring like, okay, well, it's, 
this is very much like they are really embracing that like found footage aspect. Um, and so I thought that that was really cool that they didn't have a score, but I also didn't miss it. Like I felt yeah. like anytime there was silence, the silence was there to add tension. And they just, it was uh, one mm-hmm. thing that I love about found footage films er, is the idea that like, you know, we're, we're showing you things as they are supposed to have occurred live and in person. So as mm-hmm. things that we know to be like special effects are happening, like the effects work has to be like as seamless as possible. So yeah. um, the second horror film that I ever saw in theaters with, with was Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> so nice. I actually saw Chernobyl Diaries in theaters. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is really cool how they're doing this. Um, how they're doing this and then like going back later for fright school and seeing uh, Blair Witch and then now watching this and I did watch Cloverfield when it came out more more because Cloverfield was like a, was like a one of those like it was a J.J. Abrams hype movie so like I want to see what the hype yeah. was about yeah and from there it's like wow like the you are the editing of everything to be like one continuous shot and then you know, taking those breaks where you need to, where they turn off the camera, then turn the camera on. And, you know, again, it's this, so it's when you're talking about film studies and, you know, in film, the, um, the, uh, the, the word is diegetic. So like the diegetic sound. So it's either, um, it's the sound that's contained within the story itself. So non-diegetic mm-hmm. sound is like the score, but diegetic sound is like, you know, it's the squishing of uh, the rat or the brains and underneath your show. So like to have an entire, <laughs> all of this, right. So all of the sound work um, <laughs> in this film is like a hundred percent diegetic sound that's occurring as it's happening and not just there to like, uh, not just there to evoke emotion or story right. or anything like that. Yeah, like the, the symphony is in the breathing. The symphony is in the silence. Yeah, so. I'm kind of thinking of this the scene where um, you can kind of hear they're like higher up in the building, and you can kind of hear that everybody's changing or turning into a zombie, and then they pan to like look down um, the stairwell, and you just see like all the zombies kind of like moving about, like just in that shot, I was like, a lot of planning had to go into. Everybody's on different floors, or you know, probably on walkies, like ready go. Um, but you can hear it constantly the whole time, which I thought was awesome. That's almost like a living set the whole time that they're shooting yeah. the, the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, totally. Yeah, very, very alive and very, um, you know, um, probably very method. <laughs> like, we're all here. Like, everybody keep, you know, because you got to be prepared to come around the corner and run into this thing next. Or, you know, all the things are happening right. in the building at the same time, you know. So it does. It feels very, um, it's very well put together So uh, for for horror. The one thing I will say is that there were parts where, there were parts where it felt like really bad improv. Like, <laughs> So when they're like, when like they're yelling at each other and like Columbus Short takes out his gun and he's all like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I was like, okay, this could be like, this sounds a little bit like a bad improv, but, but like, you know, as the story goes, I'm like, okay, well, like it totally makes sense for that character, but there were just like moments and, um, and like there was, it was also like really interesting because like to see like now. I, if I was to recast this now, I put Dennis O'Hare as the character who was the guy with the Vicodin, who's the opera instructor, right? So, like, I would never think to put him as, like, the douchebag lawyer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, 
but like i mean that's also because like you know as time has gone on we've started i've we've started to see dennis o'hare in these more kind of like foppish queer roles and so to see to see him as like this douchey lawyer type figure was really was really interesting because i'm like that's totally against what i think his type is um and also can we just like talk a little bit about how like she's my roommate and (laughs) Like, I think he said, like, she's my roommate, um, but it's also, like, you know, she's, like, this, um, he's this, like, opera student, too. Like, I thought that relationship was really strange. Um, and then I felt like this movie uh, was also a good way to, like, uh, if you're just, like, this blatant misogynist, um, eventually you'll get yours. So, <laughs> uh, with the, uh, speaking specifically about the the fireman who was the, the, the partner. Right. And, you know, everything like setting him up as being like this, like, you know, hound dog douchebag. Yeah. I was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Like the hound dog douchebag. That's, um, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Title of episode. So, um, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so the, so what do we think about the end and how it kind of came together? I didn't really understand the end. Like I could see that they maybe stumbled upon, like I saw the newspaper clippings of like death cult. And I'm like, okay, so someone in this building did something. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they mentioned like, Oh yeah, he's here. Uh, like there's another person that lives up there, but I haven't seen him in months. I'm like, okay, well he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um but like i i still was kind of struggling to understand it plus also like i'm dealing with dealing with like trying to understand the story but also like jennifer carpenter's like just completely um completely in hysterics so right. um it took me a little bit to figure it out but i i assume that the that the little emaciated figure at the end is that guy who was missing right yeah yeah that's uh he's credited as thin infected man and it's doug jones playing him oh, oh from, um, our favorite from everything, doug jones. Uh, from everything. <laughs> he's like the A best character actor in yeah. horror yeah totally uh yeah yeah so he's like a, the scientist and yeah it is they've broken into this like lab and they stole um, a virus i guess hoping to bring about the you know apocalypse or End something in the world. yeah doomsday cults you know yeah. how, how they do you know, trying to end the world. Um, it's just, it's a very interesting because, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the trailer for this, but the trailer has the final moment in the film in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, um, so does the, like, um, the, like, screen, like, the cover art on iTunes. It's yeah. it's that final moment. <laughs> yeah, which and oh, I, was such a strange choice. Very strange choice. Because the whole time you're anticipating it, and then if that's the final moment, because like, I get it. We, and even in the, in the description in iTunes, it's like, you know, they, none of them live. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the hope <laughs> that they'll make it out yeah. alive. Yeah. I was expecting like, you know, um, like captions or some sort of like text, like epilogue, uh, you know, uh, type of text saying what's going on with you know and then they were never found but i got nothing none of that at the end mm-hmm. no yeah it's just that's it so poor poor angela 
<laughs> it's interesting in the um, in Wreck, the Spanish version, the emaciated figure I think is the girl um, yeah, that the scientist from uh, Spain had uh, taken, and she obviously had been turned for quite a while. Um, and uh, the the images I got from the zombie that's been around for quite some time reminded me of the creatures. Did you guys ever see um, Devil's Pass? Oh, yeah. Like, that's about um, the... Um... The Outlaw Pass uh, massacre or, you know, in- unknown incident. incident. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I don't want to give anything away for listeners who maybe haven't seen that one yet, but there's some creatures that come about that looks really similar to that. And, so, and that, I think, came out after... Uh, this film did so could have been inspired by that as well yeah yeah maybe um definitely is creepy you know especially mm-hmm. in like the green like the you know green uh, night, what vision. Do you call that? night vision Ugh, yeah so creepy 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 <laughs> loved it but yeah because yeah he in the in rack in the spanish version they been like keeping her there and so right. she's like just been trapped kind of emaciated and you know, lost for however many, who knows how long who uh, knows, you know, yeah. in, this, in this space until they open the door and, you know, let her in, uh, let her out, you know, cause there's this whole thing about like demons and the dark and, you know, God, let there be light, scatter the demons, you know, this mm-hmm. whole kind of, you know, biblical stuff that they, it has to be dark, you know, for them to move around in. There are like four other films or three other films in the Rex series. I think it's two, three, and four. And so they explore it more and there's more development of, you know, as the virus gets out and infects, you know, a town or whatever, a city, you know, it gets bigger. And so anyways, um, lots of, lots of biblical shit. (laughs) Doomsday, apocalypse, um, you know, all the stuff we're trying to keep at bay right now. (laughs) So Joe, overall, this didn't exacerbate your quarantine, your your physical distancing, anxieties. You were okay. I mean it it made me it made me really wish that I was in the same room as you to experience this yeah. at the same time. Like I mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a fun one to be with people. Yeah. Um. So you know, it 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 created a little bit of pause in that regard, and also you know, I wanted to be snuggled up with my baby. I wanted to be you know cuddled up and you know do the jump scares and hide and um, hide and um, in bed together. But I mean, you know, that all, all in all, like it didn't like, I think I'm still going to sleep well tonight. Um, I probably won't like watch contagion (laughs) anytime soon, but I thought, uh, no, we're not doing our next one. (laughs) (laughs) I have to, you know, always in pursuit, like, damn it, this wasn't the right film. So the next one will be the one. I mean, like the the more you, the harder you push me, the more I just maybe I'm just accepting it. But I thought that this was um, Ashley. Ashley sent us this a really cool uh, video from TikTok that was like describing why horror films, uh, why people like horror films and like to be scared and how yeah, 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 yeah. and all of that. And I thought like this was a really good example of that for me because like even though even though you can draw the parallels to the current moment regarding, regarding quarantine and all of that stuff. Like I felt like it was just, um, it was just that kind of like needed release of like getting scared and, and, you know, getting my heart racing once again for, you know, for something other than like, Oh my God, I sneezed and now I have the Rona. Like, so. (laughs) Yeah. 
especially for people who do have like anxiety or phobias of this type of environment that we're going through right now, it's, we can't live in that state of fear forever, right? So that's why I think a lot of people with anxi anxieties and, and fears do like horror because it gives them the opportunity to be like, okay, I can actually expel all of this feeling because it's validated in this moment. Whereas when you're just living your life every day, just anxious and scared of things, everybody thinks that you're being irrational. So you try to like stifle it and not talk about it. Um, but when you're watching a, a scary movie, you're allowed to be scared. Um, and it's a nice yeah. release of all that. Yeah, absolutely. Contextualizes your fears and gives you a place mm -hmm. to process it safely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. This was fun. This was a good chat and it, it was fun to this revisit this one. film. Yeah. Um, you know, good times. And I agree. It is. It's like a ride. It's always fun to watch because it starts off, you know, kind of slowly or clacking along and it's cutesy <laughs> and all, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? It just Chaos. takes off. Yeah. And it stays, it stays really kind of high up and high anxiety the whole time, you know, through the rest yeah. of the film. So it is, it's a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. Yay. All right. So well, being able to visit with you guys and having yes. you on again, you know, I'm, I'm you're I'm your final girl, but I'm also your number one fan. <laughs> I was oh, I, when we were when we were we were going over who could be like our guests with this, and I was like, um, this is to be an Ashley movie. Like, <laughs> go <laughs> if we're gonna go deep into like what potentially could traumatize me, we should probably have Ashley on and talk about yes, it. Yes, <laughs> because we have a lot of the same irrational fears. <laughs> yes. Yay. Alrighty. Well, um, as always, we thank you, dear listener, for, for checking in with us. Hopefully you're doing okay out there, keeping your hands mm -hmm. clean, uh, keeping your mask on, keeping your distance from folks. Don't, and uh, don't we're going to get through strangers. this and we're going to save Halloween. We're going to have Halloween. Um, it's going <laughs> to happen. And, yeah. uh, and on only you can save Halloween. Uh <laughs> I want that on and a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. We, yes, yes, let's do it. T-shirts for everybody. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Joe, I love you so much. I miss you. Um, I also look forward to being cuddled up in bed watching movies together. I know you weren't mm -hmm. talking about me, but... <laughs> <laughs> A girl can dream. Um, yes, exactly. A ghoul can dream. All righty. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Thank you again for listening. And uh, thank you all for being here today. This was a lot of fun. Nice distraction from... Um, you know, everything. <laughs> and uh, good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.